Hey, Ms. Bahak here. Welcome back to the Habit Chess Podcast. Today, I want to discuss something that is a tool I discovered in my own injury process that I had when I was 19. I herniated a disc in my lower back. I had sciatica and all this stuff for a good year and a half before I was able to return stronger, lift heavier, have full range of motion, all that good stuff. I really specialized when I was training clients remotely in working with people who had injuries. So people who were coming back from a lower back injury, shoulder injury, knee injury, hip surgery, I've gotten to work with them all. And one of the key things that I wish somebody had told me was how to continue to train safely throughout an injury. And I had to obviously figure this out in a remote setting as well. And it helped that I had done it for years and years in person, but in a remote setting specifically, you, when a client would be like, Hey, I hurt my lower back. I've tweaked it this morning, man, it sucks. It hurts. I'm so pissed. That is information, right? But I need more information. I need to know how bad does it hurt? Was it a sharp pain? Where was it specifically? And so the most useful thing I found in that moment to not only bring awareness to me, but get the client to experience, have this sensory feedback with themselves, which is where are you at on the pain scale right now? So one to 10, 10 is like excruciating out of this world. Take me to the hospital. One is very dull, not really there, pops up sometimes, right? So that's my first question. Depending on how sharp that pain is, let's say it's like a seven, right? Oh man, it's a seven, or it was a seven, but right now it's a five, okay? So that's also information. You're like, okay, the pain was able to subside as you got further away from that movement. Okay, what movement caused it? What were you doing when this happens specifically. And really what this does is um, it allows us to not freak out because it's so easy to freak out when you get injured and you're like, oh my gosh, my, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to do anything. And that sometimes that could be true, right? But a lot of times you still need to keep moving no matter what the injury is. If you can't do lower body, you do upper body. But to do that safely, especially if you have, let's say a lower back, injury or any back injury that's very sensitive, you're trying your best not to make it worse. And so the place on the pain scale that I find worked well was like, hey, we want to be, and I would explain this actually, which I think was helpful when I started working with these types of clients, because it would set up an expectation that I wish someone had told me also, hey, you're going to experience some days where the pain comes back, right? It's a little sharper, but don't worry. That's normal as long as, and then here are some of the parameters. So three out of 10 on the pain scale is where I feel, okay, under a three out of 10 is like, we're pretty good. Like we're getting stronger. You're touching, working around the areas of pain. You're doing a good job of that. You're not making it worse. And I find that if it goes above the three, let's say you one day you're like, oh man, my, my lower back, I did something like it jumps up to six. The next question that my awesome physical therapist that I got at one point would tell me to keep in mind is that I actually got to shadow at that place too and do like an internship, which was awesome later on. But you would ask if the pain was lingering. So let's say you're doing some nerve flossing, right? If you took it to a point where the pain stayed, that sharp nerve pain for longer than 15 seconds, and this is after you've stopped 
the exercise or movement, right? Then you terminate that session for the day. You're like, all right, or for the few hours, you let it cool down because you've inflamed something. So that was okay. Don't take it obviously to that point. But if you've touched the areas of pain, and then when you stop the movement, if it subsides, right, and you can repeat another set without completely breaking down quality and form and all that stuff, then usually you're good. Now, of course, I should say this to cover myself, but this goes without saying, you have to communicate with whoever you're working with, your trainers, your coaches, your physical therapists, your chiropractors, orthopedic surgeons, and it helps. I used to coordinate with a lot of and I still do actually with physical therapists that my clients are working with, passing along information that might be helpful for me to use in their training plans. And so the reason this was relevant to me was because I actually sprained my ankle playing tennis about four to six weeks ago. And I've been playing tennis one to two times a week for four months now, probably. And it's gotten more and more competitive. The opponent I'm playing against is getting better as well. And it's funner and funner. But one thing that happened was I jumped up to hit a shot I shouldn't have and to save it. And I came down on my right ankle that just rolled in and I heard a crack, crack, loud cracks. And obviously I felt like buckled and fell to the floor. And I was like, whoa, something's not right. Like I stretched ligaments, tendons, something off here. Thankfully it was not broken because I like continued, I like shook it off, tried to hide the pain, continued to play that day. But definitely when I got home and the next day, like endorphins, all that stuff wore off, it hurts. For me, I was like, yo, this is something I, and a lot of people like, you have to be prepared for when you start something new whatever it is, tennis, golf, this, that. And instead of freaking out when pain happens, using pain as information, right? So instead of using pain, you know how people say, use pain as information. So instead of freaking out when it happens right away, it's okay, this informed me clearly, my right ankle, my right hip, ultimately, and other issues on my right side, like this goes all the way down to the chain, like top of the chain to my shoulder to all the way down to my ankle clearly. And this needs to be worked on. I need to do some exercises, stretch. I need to solve the root issue. So it leads you down a path of figuring something out. But in the meantime, to keep playing, I didn't stop playing whatsoever. I wanted to make sure it didn't get worse. I taped up my ankle and that actually worked very well. Taping up the ankle, I, it felt great. It was supportive when I was able to keep playing. There were times where I was, oh, I, I hurt a tiny bit more. But again, that pain, after it wasn't, it faded away where it was like, okay, I didn't make it worse. So the recovery it finally took, I've been tracking it. It took a good four weeks since that major one. But two weeks before that ankle like sprain happened, um, I was wearing running shoes when I was playing tennis and I came, something weird happened. And then I rolled my ankle and it was like, ooh, that's when I got tennis shoes. And I was like, yo, I'm never, never playing in like running shoes again. This is why you wear, you need something with ankle support. Then ironically enough, two weeks later, that time when I came down, that was a clear, okay. I could have, that was impact, right? But it was also like being, just being prepared, keeping your body limber and prepared because something I remember saying literally at the start of my fitness career when I was younger was like, 
again, this was an example I used with my clients too, was like, you know, when you roll your ankle, like when you're walking on the curb or something like that, right? You want to have some wiggle room. Like we're training to have some wiggle room. We're like, I don't break my ankle and I'm out of commission from tennis and everything I want to do. Can't go upstairs, whatever. I'm trying to make sure that I got some wiggle room. I have some reserve strength where, okay, I wiggled, I sprained my ankle and it's okay. It didn't break right away or it wasn't as bad as it could be. I shook it off and it was okay. And so taking it to these different ranges of motion, exploring not the areas that just cause pain, but the exercises around it, working everything around it and periodically checking in. You probably have some testers like, okay, for me, it was, let's just take it out of exercise for a second, like vacuuming. Vacuuming was something at work that I would feel pain. It was like, I realized years later from a biomechanical standpoint, it's okay. It's because it was a unilateral movement, right? That required anti-rotational strength in my core. And I didn't have that. That's what was lacking. And I was developing and getting back. And so anything, no matter which side I did, it was like, oh, this, it was this crazy back pain. Even after I could be like, I was back squatting and deadlifting like over 250 pounds again. And that still, that vacuuming was still an issue. So that was an example of, okay, pain scale, where's it at this time? It's like, dude, it used to be at like a seven where I couldn't, by the end of vacuuming, there was this like sharp pain in the back, whatever, right? And then it's okay, a year later, it's about a four out of 10 or a three out of 10 if I really piss it off. It's not all the way to seven. So now you have something that could be totally subjective. Oh, I'm hurt, right? I'm out of commission. You have something subjective that you can make objective by using the pain scale and rating it on a continuum, one to 10, where are you at? And this is not something you just check in once a week or something like that. This is like daily, maybe multiple times a day daily. It's like a mental check-in. And if you have a coach or somebody you're communicating with, or even your notes app, you're writing down, like where are you at? Keep a record of where it was at, because that's how you will gauge recovery and progress without taking a couple steps forward and then several steps back. So I hope this was helpful. Let me know if you have any questions. You can hit me up at hi at mishq.com or DM me or whatever on Instagram. My handle and all that good stuff is all in the description, but I appreciate you hanging out and I will talk to you next time. Take care.